The Ruddy Reveal podcast is a part of the Ruddy Reveal subscription service conducted by Ruddy Man Grooming Company. Please listen further for clues and information that will aid you in your search for the truth with this month's mystery. Thanks for your help. The investigator nodded at the bellhop, who was busy fiddling with the hotel room card reader. These things can be a bit finicky, the young man explained. Just have to hold the card at the right angle and... The door unlocked. Following the amenable employee inside the room, the detective stepped past the obligatory bathroom and closet space into the wider area of the room where the bed was. Looking over his shoulder, he winked at the bellhop and stated with no uncertain authority, Appreciate it. I got it from here. The young man nodded, understanding, and quietly making his exit. Once the door clicked back in place, the single occupant of the room began his careful search of the space that, until recently, had been the living quarters of the Onyx Diamond's successful bartender, Todd Dendy. The other members of the Ruddy Detective Agency would be checking other rooms presently, but this room was his station. Housekeeping hadn't been here in the past couple of days, it seemed, but that didn't seem overly out of place for a room belonging to a live-in employee. It was kept tidy, though, a sign of the confident organization Mr. Dindy seemed to carry back downstairs at the bar. Donning latex gloves, the investigator began to open drawers, lifting articles of clothing to see what the depths of the dresser might hold, nothing but the usual. The closet yielded some of the same results, simple hanging shirts and coats fit for the ambience of the occupation he held, as well as the environment in which the ski resort was found. A couple of empty hangers, extra blankets in the top portion, and a safe welded to the wall of the room, but otherwise nothing of note. Walking over to the window, the inspector pulled the curtains back. Not much of a view of the mountains from here. Inconsequential for someone who likely was only here to shower and sleep. Turning away from the glass surface, something caught his eye. Peeking out from the corner of the bed comforter near the lampstand was something glinting. Stooping down, the detective lifted the blanket's edge with the pen he kept in his pocket. Furling his brow, he swiped aside a foil wrapper for some kind of chocolate treat to get at what initially piqued his interest and muttered, Seems like hot toddy could do with a little more tidy. Chuckling at his impeccable (laughs) comedic timing, he picked up the hidden object. Well, well, what are you doing down here? He asked the shiny discovery. In his hand was a small cassette, the kind that fit into an old memo recorder. The small tape had a label on it with two small words, delicately written in a finely pointed cursive. Journal 2. He decided to give the bed's underside a quick sweep with his pen light. As is the case with most hotel beds, his light met with a wall of sorts that ran the length of the underbelly of the bed and ended abruptly a small opening just before the headboard most likely there for access to the electrical outlet feeding the lampstand's assorted appliances. As the small light's ray met this opening, it fell upon a single green banknote. Twenty dollars. Dendy really should be more careful with his belongings, quipped the inspector. Taking note of the greenback, he gently placed it on the lampstand, jotting down a note of his action for posterity's sake. As he did, he noticed a few spots of melted chocolate on his wrist, most likely from that wrapper he'd swatted. Drat, he grunted as he headed to the bathroom.
Turning on the hot tap, he washed his hands off, thinking all the while that he could not wait to hear what might be on that tape. As he turned off the faucet and began towards the room proper, he noticed something. The faint shape of letters on the mirror just above the sink were slowly fading back to invisibility. Something was written there, only visible due to the steam from the hot water. The remains of two words were there, quickly disappearing, but not quickly enough that the detective couldn't make out what they conveyed. She knows. He quickly jotted it down in his notebook and exited the bathroom. Taking one more cursory look around the bartender's quarters, he started towards the door. Looking at the mini cassette in his palm again, he thought out loud, wonder who has something to play this little guy on. While Todd's room was being searched, another agent was en route to the hotel room of the victim when he was intersected by Beatrice Cheery. Her amenable smile was back on her face, all inklings of irritation gone, as if she'd never been agitated. She smoothly asked, How has the investigation been going, sir? I do hope you've made progress for the sake of that poor girl. The investigator, unfazed, simply stated, As a matter of fact, we have made some progress. Walking towards the concierge's desk, he nodded at the woman behind the counter and relayed some of the details that had been found out, particularly the ones that would get any of the hotel guests out of hot water. He also thanked Miss Cheery. Your help pulling the Vic's file really helped open the case up for us. Thanks for your cooperation. Without it, we wouldn't have found out that Miss Quinn actually was not here on business. Cheery, clutching at her neck, looked visibly shocked and replied, well, whatever was she here for then? I mean, I'm sure people have all sorts of different reasons for hiding their true intentions for leaving town, but do you think it's linked to what happened tonight? The detective replied, Well, that remains to be seen. In fact, I'm about to head to her room to search it. We did find out from her employer that she's only ever been out of town on their behalf once, and that was to some wine conference in Tuscany. The young woman working the front desk suddenly stopped typing on her computer and looked up, blurting out, Why, that sounds like the same conference the hotel sent Toddy to. She cut her sentence short with a look from Cheery that could have cut glass. The detective took note and asked, Oh, when was Mr. Dendy gone on this conference? That irritation that Cheery had shown earlier was now stoked into a vile contempt. It was about two months ago, I think, but if it was the same conference, I'm sure it was simply the rage subsided. Pure coincidence. We do send our senior staff members on conferences that will aid the business prospects of the resort every year. Todd is a vital part of operations here, so of course his education is ongoing to keep the Onyx Diamond at the forefront of our industry. She smiled again, this time with that professional air of courtesy she was known for as the events coordinator of the hotel. Thank you for that information, the detective nodded towards the concierge, and turning back to the hostess, said, I won't take any more of your time presently. He then turned towards the elevators, leading to Miss Quinn's room. Miss Irene Carol Frost of the hotel's house band, The Chilly Airs, was only too helpful in allowing access to her living quarters on the grounds. This room was large, ornate, and were they not savvy to the singer's complaints of this corner of the hotel's cramped and shabby stylings, the two detectives examining it would have taken it for the presidential suite. 
Here and there lay different dresses, headwear, even feather boas. The luxury of the place was overwhelming. Ornate golden end tables and plush seating arrangements made this a room that any rational human would find over the top. However, Miss Frost was uninterested in the state of her habitation. Instead, she offered the detectives a drink, which they politely declined, and went on and on about how sad the current state of affairs was. I'm positively flustered by tonight. We had them all there and didn't even get to play the first chord. When the detective stared at her quizzically, she quickly added, Yes, and of course, so sad about that dear, dear girl. What a pity. I guess we all shared in some calamity tonight. The inspectors quickly glanced at one another, shook their heads slightly, and went about their search. Nothing aside from evidence of what might be deemed a sad and lonely life. Far too many trophies, not enough photos of family and friends, but their job was not to judge, simply to observe. After their quick but thorough search, they tipped their brims at the devastated diva and bid her good night. Once outside, they compiled their notes, what little they actually acquired, that is. Gotta say, this lady seems way more interested in her own problems than anyone else. The other nodded in agreement, adding, Yeah, I don't think there's a problem here. Well, there are a few, but none pertaining to the moita. They both smiled grimly and made their way back to the conference room where the other detectives were deliberating. Stay tuned for clues and more story details coming to your inbox soon.